Blog Talk Radio. Wake up, everybody. It's time to get squared away with Navy SEAL Radio. I'm your host, David Rutherford. As a behavioral training expert, top motivational speaker, author, and performance coach, it's my mission in life to help you defeat the negative insurgency in your life. So get fired up to use Frog Logic, the Navy SEAL training program, to help you succeed in any environment imaginable. Booyah! All right. Because I am here coming at you live on Navy SEAL Radio. That's right, David Rutherford, Navy SEAL, coming at you, ready to bring it today for this epic Father's Day special for y'all. Now, I hope everybody is, is, I mean, I hope you've been chomping at the bit. I know a lot of people have been like, oh, rut, man, what the heck, over? You haven't been on the radio a lot lately. Well, Folks, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize about that. I, uh, I've i had uh, some unbelievably great fortune in my life, and I was able to to, to get a house and, and, and move my family into a new house over the last couple weekends. And, man, I got to tell you, man, when it comes to feeling proud and, and, and feeling like a uh, feeling strong and feeling uh, feeling like a man, man, there is nothing better than this world than to be able to provide for my family. There is nothing better in this world for me to be able to look at my two beautiful little daughters, my four-and-a-half-year-old that I call the bear and my two-and-a-half-year-old that I call the bruiser, to look at them and say, I love you, girls, and I got you. I got you. We're good to go. Don't worry about it. I'm going to be there for you. I mean, it's just an amazing feeling to be able to have that in your life, to be able to have that around you all the time, right? That that constant focus. Now, it's critical for us to be able to have that. I mean, especially as as men, right? As men. And all the men that are out there listening, this show's for you today in particular, right? And I want you to start thinking to yourself, I want you to think as, as I'm going down this path now, we dove right into it, I want you to think, how did you behave this week? Did you behave in the manner that you can be proud of? Did you behave in the manner that, that, that the people around you were proud of? Did you behave in the manner that your, that your wife or your significant other or that your friends or your teammates, that they were proud of? All right? That's the first one. Second question I want to ask you is, who did you inspire with that type of behavior, that type of thinking, that type of acting, that type of, 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 of reaching out? Who did you inspire? How did you take what you've been given or what you've learned in this life? How did you take that and give it to somebody else to share it with them in a meaningful way? How did you do that this week? Or did you even try? The next one is, is did you help people? Did you physically get out there and help people succeed? Did you mentally get out there and help others succeed? Right? Or did you only think about yourself? Did you only think about what you can get this week? Because that's unsat. All right? Now, the last one and the one I want to ask you, did you improve yourself this week? Did you become a better man? Did you become the man that you had always hoped you would become? Did you become the man that you were always inspired to become? That's a pivotal question. Did you improve this week? Now, we've had some unbelievable examples of of what it means not to be a man this week, right? We've seen some un we saw probably the worst act of hatred, terrorism, of violence that we've seen in a long time in this country. I'm not even going to mention that sorry SOB's name on the air, but you know I'm talking about the shooting that was in Charleston, South Carolina a few nights ago. Now this has all ripped our hearts out. 
everybody. And I and I hope everybody out there has has stopped for a minute and given prayer, right? To really give thanks and to pray to God that those families of the ones of the people that were killed, viciously taken from us by true evil, that you're praying for those people, that you're literally sending your love and your heart to them, and that you're sending your love and your heart up to God in the hopes that all nine of those people are are, are tucked away nice and they're happy up there and they're going to give us, they're going to keep inspiring us with their loss, their tragic loss, and they're going to teach us to be better people, right? Because this little this little SOB, this person who, who I just wish I could get my hands on for 30 seconds in a room, put the fear of God into him to reverse the stakes, man. Because it makes you wonder how and why he did it. Where along the line in his life did he decide that evil was being a man? Right? Where along the line in his life... That, that he said, all right, hatred is a good idea. Who taught him that? How did he learn it? And how come nobody else out there recognized it and then stood up and tried to explain to him what he was doing was wrong and his thinking and his actions before it got to this? Now, this raises a tremendous, tremendous amount of questions in our lives, doesn't it? Right? Makes the biggest question is what is going on in our world? What's happening? Now, we see this this rapid denigration of, of what being a true man is all about. We see it all over the place. We see it in the Middle East. We see it we see it in our country. We see it in our political system. We see it in our homes. We see it in our in our youth. We see it all around us, right? This 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 unwillingness to step up and be a man. Now, man, uh, uh, this is a tough challenge, and and just want to introduce you to a, a, a possible theory that this has always been the case. All right, from the very first time that human beings stood upright and Homo sapiens started saying, "Wow, we've got a, a distinct advantage over over the Neanderthals and all these other animals that are around. We got a prefrontal cortex we are able to use and we're able to to think outside the box. We're able to advance, use tools, uh cultivate, create uh farming, uh cultivate civilization, philosophy, religion, all these other things, man. That's impressive. But yet we still kill each other on a regular basis." Yet we still steal each from each other. We still torture each other. We still we still have jealousy for one another. We still uh, get caught up in vanity. We still we still denigrate the true essence of being a man, right? Now a lot of times, man, people start thinking about this and that on that level, and they're like, "Well, that's depressing, right?" And I and it is and and granted it is and I'm sorry because you know you can usually come to the rut for for some definite positive frog logic motivation right my 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 philosophic my philosophy that I've cultivated over the last 25 years of exploring the human condition and discovering what enables us to succeed in these traumatic situations what gives us the the foundation of success. That's what I call frog logic. It's Navy SEAL motivational training. Because I, cause I combine my journey with over 70-plus years of UDT Navy SEAL operations training and lead performance to really and – I, and I, I extrapolate all these amazing things that we learn in the teams because of all those that have come before us that have proven these ideas in blood on the battlefield. That's what frog logic is all about. Now, did I get there in a snap of a fingers? Did, I, did it happen for me overnight? Absolutely not. There's no way that can happen. It takes a lifetime of searching for the truth of what it means to be a man. Time of searching. A lifetime of experience. A lifetime of trial and error. A perpetual drive to make sure that, that you do what you need to do every day. That you work hard at becoming a man. And so that's what today's show title is all about. It's our it's our Father's Day uh, special here on Navy SEAL Radio. I hope everybody's fired up like I am. Obviously, you can hear it in my heart. I'm 
I'm super fired up as usual because this is what I'm passionate about doing. This is what I love to do. I love to share the wisdom and the information that others gave me, man. I got to tell you what, I've got one of the greatest fathers on the planet, literally. And I will, I, will, I will go to the grave saying that, man. I have been blessed by God Almighty himself with one of the greatest fathers I could ever have. Is he perfect? Hell no, he's not perfect, and thank God. But what he is great at doing is inspiring me to want to be the best man I can. Now, he'll tell you, man, it was not easy because old Rut is, uh, is kind of stubborn. And, 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 and at one point, my life was arrogant as hell and thought I knew the deal as a young person. And you don't know squat as a little toad, right? A little, a little tadpole out there. You only learn through effort, right? Now, I was blessed, man. I had this amazing father. And he said early on, I'll never forget, he said, he goes, he goes David, you should be a renaissance man. And I said, what the heck's a renaissance man, Pop? He goes, it's a person that understands and is passionate about the power and the vastness of the world around you. The beauty of art and culture and society and critical thinking and, and all the beautiful things that human beings are capable of. Man, you need to go after that, learn about it, understand, travel the world, grow into this amazing person because you'll see when it's your time. When it comes to time when you're blessed with the opportunity of becoming a husband and becoming a father, you'll see that this would have helped you out. I love you, man, because that was great advice. Because I've tried to do that. I've tried to live that type of life, and I've tried to get there. Now, man, my wife, who affectionately I call the admiral, she'll tell you I struggle, and that's the truth. I do struggle. I am not perfect. None of us are. There was only one perfect person ever, right? And I struggle hard, but I want to be better. I want to become the best man I can be. And every day I look at those two beautiful little girls, man, I think to myself, now, today is the opportunity where I can move into that next part and I can grow to that next level. It's funny, man. You know, they, I, I went out and I, and I tried to look up what the definition of manliness is. And we're going to have somebody on the show here in a little bit who is going to blow your mind. This is a former teammate of mine. His name's Derek Van Orden. I mean, this guy is absolutely awesome. I remember being a young frogman, and I worked for him in the medical department at, at, at SEAL Team uh, 1, and this guy taught me so much about being a squared-away frogman, I can't even begin to tell you. And he went on to do 26 years in the team, ladies and gentlemen, 26 years in the teams, sacrifice, and developing a philosophy, an idea, a definition of what it, be, it is to be a man. And he wrote, he just came out with a book called The Book of Man, A Navy SEAL's Guide to the Lost Art of Manliness. And we're going to have him on the show to help us define what manliness is. Now, I went to a great site out there that you'll dig. It's called www.artofmanliness.com. That's artofmanliness.com. They give a wonderful uh, overview, a historical overview, and in a very philosophical manner on what manliness is. And then I wanted to, I tried, but so go there, check that out. Then I just wanted to try and simplify it. And I was checking out, it's a tra traditional male quality, and this was on Google, and it says, now, the traditional male quality of being brave and strong, right? <laughs> Men accustomed to providing their manliness on the streets. The fact of being the typical male, masculinity. <laughs> it's it's really kind of to, to simplify manliness at that scale. Really kind of is is funny in my my mind because I mean I've I've spent a lifetime trying to figure this thing out. I think most men out there do stride spine spend a lifetime. Now for me. You know, and and we're gonna get Derek on. He's gonna help us define it here real shortly. So for me, my experiences and through going through my failures in college and 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 that leading me into the SEAL teams, which was the real first place I started to discover what the definition of being a man was all about. And it's a powerful thing that happened to me in the teams. It really was. It was this transformation because it, I went through an awakening and realized that man, it was my brothers around me that sharpened my iron every day. It was my brothers around me who made sure that I never forgot that being a man was not about myself. Yes, I had to be focused physically, mentally, and spiritually, but it was for them. 
It was for someone else. It was the service to others. Now, thank God that has stayed with me. All right, I struggled a little bit after the teams. I'm not going to lie. I definitely had a, a downswing there because I'd lost that identity of manliness as a SEAL. But I was lucky and able to bring it back after the teams because my wife, the Admiral, she she helped me develop a relationship with Christ. And, and that has regained the, the, the power and the influence in my life where now I'm, I'm starting to finally figure – I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say I'm finally figuring out. I'm saying I'm, I'm getting a general idea of what I need to do day in and day out as a husband and father. But I'm still not perfect, and I got a long, long way to go. So as I was preparing for this, and I wanted to come up with some ideas of what I thought, you know, helped me get to where I am now. And by all means, it's not the most perfect spot out there, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. Right. And and some of the so I came up with four frog logic concepts to help you become more uh, to become to become a better man. Right. And and these are things that I've learned over the last 25 years around the world, watching people in every environment. Now, the first one is be humble. Right. Because you don't know everything. You don't know everything by a long shot. And so if you start your day out every day with humility. Right, given given recognition of the fact that you need to learn, and then you begin to see guidance and wisdom from those who you who you do have who who do influence you in a positive way, who who are true men. Man, you're on your way. But start with that humility. The second one is be honorable, and that's just really knowing the difference between right and wrong. And everyone out there, you know that difference. There's never been a time, except for maybe prior to when you were a little, 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 little kid, where you didn't know the difference between right and wrong. Now, some people, I just had a bait with my father about this the other day, that he, you know, there's some people in this world who don't know the difference between the right and wrong. And that's obvious. Look at this idiot the other day. Look at what ISIS is doing. But in their minds, it is right. So that adds a whole nother question. In our society, in our culture, in our place, we know what's right and wrong, and that's freedom. And that's democracy, and that's freedom of speech, and that's the right to bear arms, and that's you know our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, man. That is the truth, and we must walk that walk with our heads held high and be willing to face adversity when we are in tough situations, and that means being strong, right? Everybody thinks about being man as you, know, you got to be tough, you got to be a a black belt in jujitsu, an MMA guy, Navy SEAL. You got to have big muscles, and you got to be able to be hard and take pain and and have a big beard. <laughs> and yeah, all that stuff helps, but it's not the definition of it. It's it's the process of why you got there in the first place that makes you strong. But even before that, before your physical and mental preparation and your mental physical and mental strength, it's your spiritual strength. It's being faithful to your beliefs, knowing that you will not back down for what is right, right? And standing up against the evil is that, that's out there, standing up, being truly faithful that God's message was the right message for us. And the last one, all right, step four, man, this is a big one. And this is the, this is the one that really has been the strongest one that I struggle with every day that I think we all do, right? We all do. Especially when that negative insurgency is pummeling you and you're in that combat of life and you're getting crushed and you're not sure what to do. Man, this is the challenging one. It's to love others above yourself. Step four, love others yourself, man. Now, I learned this more than any other place in the SEAL teams, right, to serve my team, to serve my teammates ahead of myself. And I promise you that's what we do. And now in my next life, I'm serving a higher power. I'm serving the word of the Lord in order my quest to be a man. But I tell you what, I'm just one man. I'm just one SEAL out there. I'm just one person. And that's why I'm bringing on the air right now somebody that is an amazing human being. I really just have all the respect in the world for this guy. I want to welcome Derek Van Orden to the show. All right, everybody, please welcome. Derek, are you there, buddy? I sure am, Rod. How are you doing this morning? Oh, my God. Hearing your voice, it gets me so <laughs> fired up, I'm ready to rip my chair apart. But I love Let you, me- dude. How you been, man? I'm really well. I got to tell you, though, um, I've been listening to you this morning. It's fantastic. Uh, you scared me, though. Uh, I think you should do this every morning at about 6.30 because your voice was so loud 
and you were so <laughs> excited when you turned on your show. It was just fantastic. And I, uh, I got to tell you, I don't have a theme song, and oh, yours was brother. awesome. So, brother, you said that you were going to have a theme song by the time you came on, right? I know. I couldn't get a hold of ABBA though. Apparently, they oh. broken up a few years ago. <laughs> Everybody's got to realize right, that when I used to, so Derek was my boss when I I finished 18 Delta and I came back to SEAL Team One. And I checked back in, and, and they there were all I was waiting for my platoon to form up. And so the first thing they did was they stick me in medical, right, as a new corpsman. And so my boss turned out to be Derek. And Derek was this guy, and I'd walk in, and my typical self just, you know, you know, shaking the walls, taking the paint off with my, my how loud I was. And he would immediately be like, and halt rut. And I love you for it, man. I ne- I'll never forget those long philosophical conversations we had in the back room, man. Well, that's that's really what it's about, dude. Um, I had a mentor named Mark Donald who uh, was at SEAL Team 4 with me. He picked me up in 18 Delta just like you and I did, and uh, he walked me through my first couple years in the SEAL teams. And I think it's imperative that we do have these role models. He went on to do some real great things as a Navy Cross recipient and uh, Silver Stars, Bronze Stars, all that stuff, and fought his way through all the wars um, as a physician's assistant. Uh, wow. Interestingly enough. So, and he's got a book that, out there too, right, Derek? He does. It's called uh, Battle Ready. Yeah, so everybody um, go the, check that book out for sure. I mean, I the, he he's a legendary medic in the teams, you guys. Fantastic person. So, but that's, so, that's really what it's more. about, man. You're your uh, mentorship, me being able to mentor you is just like Mark mentoring me, and that's that's how we continue to grow uh, as seals and as human beings and as men is by having someone to look forward to and at for uh, specific guidance. Yeah. So tell 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 the audience, all right? I, I know about you, man, and I love you. Mm-hmm. Tell the audience about how, how you got in the teams and why. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, you and I both were to use the word miscreant is probably accurate growing up. Um, but unlike you, I didn't have a real strong father figure. My father figure was actually my mother. Um, wow. She's a fantastic woman, single parent, worked very hard to support my brother and I. And uh, I just, I had no rudder. I was a ship adrift. Um, I tell my kids now, if I could go back in time to meet myself when I was 16, they wouldn't have been born because I probably would have killed me. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> but uh yeah so i was just doing everything that you could possibly do wrong I, but i made some fantastic friends and I, I learned that as a child that uh we didn't have any money and so i really grew to understand the value of relationships and some of the people i grew up with are still my best friends now oh, but uh wow. i just got a wild hair up uh you know where with a buddy of mine one night and decided to join the navy i had absolutely no plan at all I you never, you never read a book. You'd never no. seen a movie. You'd never nothing, and it was just like, oh, this is going to be cool. Yeah, I. Uh, there was one book out, right? It was a Men with Green Faces. It was the one from, uh, yeah, from Vietnam. Yeah. And uh, but I'd never seen it before. I just joined the Navy to join the Navy. I wound up working on a tugboat, and was uh, <laughs> chipping paint and you know doing everything that a sailor does, and uh, decided. Eventually, that I'd like to be a corpsman, medic, as yeah. you understand. And I uh, went to corps school, and that's where this guy named Chief Randy Dunn walked in. He was the SEAL motivator at uh, at corps school in San Diego. And he walked in and said, hey, my name is Chief Randy Dunn. I'm from SEAL Team 5. And if you want to be a SEAL, come talk to me. And if you don't, F you, you're probably going to quit anyway. <laughs> and then, And then he walked out of the room. That was his entire motivational thing. That, was that sounds like about. Randy. It was awesome. And yeah. I said, uh, I'm going where that guy's going. So he obviously knew what the heck he was doing and who he was, and I just wanted a part of that. And now, one thing it, led- like, I, It's funny. When you talk about he walks in the room, and there's all I remember those moments, too, where these larger-than-life figures kind of they bump into us, right, and as we're pushing through, as we're, the, you know, we're tugging through the waters of our life, and, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're touched by this. What was it, do you think, that when Chief Dunn walked in that, that you were just like, wow, that's it? He had a sense of himself, right? Nice. He, he knew who he was, and he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was capable of, 
and he he understood that in order to draw someone to you, you must be light. And he was a light that I was drawn to. Very um, cool. And I find that happens throughout life. And it was really cool to listen to you this morning when you said the first thing that you have to do, one of your four rules, is be humble. Yeah. You have to be humble enough at all times to recognize that. I had a wonderful thing happen with a guy named Chuck Fellers after I got to uh, SEAL Team 4, same thing. But at this point, he was a old man, you know, decrepit, Coke bottle glasses, and he was <laughs> teaching demolitions up at Fort Pickett. And uh, I was throwing my knife. I was so bored, you know, you have to watch a range as a corpsman. You have to be outside <laughs> of the blast range. So that's why corpsmen and the SEAL teams are the most well-read people ever. So, you know, three weeks in the ambulance, I'm throwing this knife at, at this board, and this old coot comes walking by, and he goes, you know, Doc, you'd never throw your knife in combat. And uh, I was like, you know, whatever, old man. I didn't say that out loud, but that's exactly what I was thinking. Right. Then later on, I'm reading a book about SEALs in Vietnam, and they go, and this is when uh, Fingers Fellers got his fingers shot off. And I remember this guy only had nine fingers. Oh. <laughs> and I'm thinking, holy smokes, this guy's a legendary SEAL, Vietnam SEAL Chuck Fellers. And he just gave me some very serious wisdom. Why would you throw your knife in combat? You're just giving your knife to the enemy. So. It, it, but it's remarkable. We, we In our society and how we are, especially as young men, right, we're yeah. so distracted by our own presence. We're, we're, right. so, we're, we're, so, we're so enamored with where we are or depressed with where we are or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy that – you know, for me, and I was talking a little bit about this, and I hope you sh- can share some. Like, it was buds that just stripped me of all that that complacency, all of that uh, introspection in that negative manner. Right? Did that happen for you and buds? Well, I was uh, I was wheeling some heat when I was in buds, and I was in E four, which uh, kind of a power <laughs> broker. <laughs> For those of your listeners that aren't unfamiliar with the military, that is absolutely not accurate. It just means you're the 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 head garbage taker out guy. But I was a a boat I was a boat crew leader, so I had uh, six other guys trainees that I was responsible for, and wow. I I noticed I try to pay attention to what's going on around me at all times and how I'm reacting to a situation and how the situation changes depends on depending on my actions, and I noticed that I became much uh, less miserable when I was focusing on the guys in my boat crew. Awesome. And I was trying to make sure that they were, I could make it as easy as I could for them. Not easy to cheat or any, anything like that, but making the best out of a bad situation for people that you're responsible for actually takes the burden off of you. Awesome. It's a, it's a great phenomenon of caring It is a phenomenon. I love that you use that term, Derek, and that was what I what I, what I love a lot about you is that you're able to to put it in such eloquent ways that, and you know, it, the definition is it really screams out, right? It is a phenomenon. It is yeah. that transformation of of our how we are in our life is to see, hey, it's not me, it's them, that, and I'm going to focus on them. It's it's, it's a real unbelievable. Now, were you able to? Just build on that, and, and or, or did you get kind of slapped down when you were a new guy at the team? I, you know, I did, but that's part of a process. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always carried myself differently, and it's it's funny. Uh, I actually have a Renaissance man yeah. in my in my uh, evals. One of my evals says <laughs> a Renaissance man. I kid you not. Um, <laughs> because I just have, uh, for some reason or another, I don't know if it's part of my upbringing or it's just the, the. Uh, it must be. I don't know. I've had to be very independent my uh, throughout my life. So people have always assumed, even when I got to the, the SEAL teams, that I had transferred from another SEAL team because I, I carried myself well until they find out, then they just beat me down, um, which you should. And the reason being is that if you – if you don't take the time or you have you are unable to listen to people that have more knowledge and wisdom than you do you need to be taught how to do that or you need to leave True. meaning there is no room in the seal teams 
which is the real, real world for anybody who is not willing to learn constantly. Absolutely. Because I you will it. fail yourself, your teammates, your mission, and your country. And that's unacceptable. So, uh, all right. So, Derek, you, you did something yeah. that most other people can't even fathom. Even even a lot of team guys can't fathom. Going 26 years in the teams, brother. I mean, just thank you so much for not only making that sacrifice, but your family. Please thank your wife and your kids for me and for my, from my family for making that sacrifice. But in that amazing journey, you know, was there one time, was there one moment where you were like, I'm a man now? Uh, well, <clears throat> I don't attach manhood to being in the military. Awesome. And uh, I write about this in my book. A lot of people think that to be a man, you, you you need to have been in the military, and that's just not true. I have so many friends that are real men that have never served a day in uniform. So the the difference, and you you actually said this. It's very funny earlier that I was going to bring this up to your your folks that a SEAL has to be a tough guy. A SEAL, a Navy SEAL, must be the toughest guy in the room at all times. And he must practice his art to the point where he is ready and capable of doing really anything to accomplish his mission within moral and ethical guidelines, obviously. Right. But in order to be a man, you have to be strong. It's the difference between strength and power. So, What is that difference, be, though? Well, let me explain. Strength... Strength comes from your knees and your back and your shoulders and your mm-hmm. chest. Power comes from your mind. Wow. And as you get older, your strength will wane. You will not defeat Father Time. It is not going to happen. It's impossible. People in this country, Rut, drive themselves crazy trying to do that with plastic <laughs> surgeries and all these crazy diets and this weird stuff, you know, that they're trying to defeat Six-minute abs. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're trying to defeat time. That's just not going to happen. But as... You grow older and your body weakens, your mind strengthens because you gain wisdom. You can't have wisdom without time. You can't. So, you must have time on earth. So, so is that part of your definition of manliness then? Absolutely. You, you have to be powerful. You have to be powerful, and that doesn't mean the strongest tough guy. It means that you have to be strong enough to be weak. You have to be strong enough to help others. You have to be strong enough to not abuse the power that you've been given for personal or financial uh, gratification. You can't do that. That is not part of being a man. Um, Being a man is the the first person to find a problem and then actually do something to correct it, to make it better for themselves and for others. Go ahead. That's a big one. So my question is, though, here you have this, this vast, experience of 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 witnessing that which witnessing other people witnessing your Mm -hmm. teammates the people around you your friends these long-term friends um and you see this when did when was the 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 point where it's just like man i i've got to do something about this i've got to help create a problem or, or create a solution for this decline in our manliness all right, I'm going to write a book. How did that, what was the nexus of that process? It was, it was in a little town in the country of Chile called Pichidungi. Um, <laughs> I, was, I, I kid you not, we were working with the Buzos Tacticos, our oh. counterparts. There was six of us. We had the, uh, the weekend off, and we were going to climb this little mountain. And uh, So we packed our rucksacks full of food, and we had some wine in there, MREs and whatnot. Again, we, we have no weapons, and we're not on duty. We yep. climb up. We get through the cloud line. gets pretty cold. I'm taking pictures. The guys are like, wow, it's really cold. I said, well, start a fire. I'm going to go take some more pictures. So I, I wander off. Now, these are, these are active-duty Navy SEALs. <laughs> I wander off to take some pictures. I come back like 15 minutes later. The guys are standing there shivering, and there's no fire. I'm like, what's up, guys? And they, you know when someone looks down? You're a father, so you've seen this. Yeah. They yeah. look down at their feet and start shuffling their feet. Yeah. And I'm like, holy smokes. You guys can't start a fire, can you? And they're like, well, I, I, oh, my, what? So it was damp because we were above the clouds, but you just remove the top layer of leaves and get dry stuff. And we had MREs, which have paper and matches. 
Oh, so my it goodness. occurred to me every one of those five other guys were all city kids. And wow. In Buds, when do they teach you how to light a fire in Buds, Rudd? They, they don't. don't. Because it, they don't. it's not tactical. Yep. So, I mean, they teach you tactical skills in Buds, and lighting a fire behind enemy lines is not tactical. So it really occurred to me that things had changed since I was a younger man, and I think I was 23 then. Wow. So that made me start paying attention. Guys didn't know how to sharpen knives. You see people, and they don't know how to change a tire, Uh, (laughs) which is true. People just do not know how to do that. Guys know nothing about weapons, uh, how to read a map, how to make a shelter, how to tie knots, um, baiting hooks. The things that I grew up doing and you grew up doing and a lot of other folks grew up doing aren't, aren't done anymore. It's all now, why do you think, virtual. Why do, you think, why do you think that is? Well, I, personally, I think it's because of technology. Okay. So we, have these, we have these devices now that are specifically designed in apps and all these things to connect people. So it's the connectedness of people, but it's a fallacy. So we're talk, I'm talking to you on, on the phone right now. Right. And I can't, I can't see you. But we can sit here, you and I can have a relationship on a phone and Twitter back and forth and instant message and all that stuff. You can never know who that human being is. You can never see them and still have a relationship with them. Well, that destroys the the actual connectedness between human beings. And when you stop connecting with people, you stop being taught by them. That's why when you go out and you talk to people, I know it's part Mm -hmm. of what you do, you're actually connecting with them. You're in front of them. They can sense your energy. They can see how you move about. You can look at them and get immediate response to their feedback. It's not the same as Skype. You know that. No, so not even close. When an entire society does this, rut over generations, we lose the ability to teach younger people, and we lose the ability to learn from older people. If Chuck Fellers had not walked by me, looked me right in the eyes with his big Coke bottle glasses and said, you never throw your knife in combat, I wouldn't have learned that lesson. It's right. just a fact. So now I got a question for you. I got a go question. Ahead. So, so here we have we're because you're, you're not going to erase you're not going to erase technology now. We're we're too nope. entrenched in it. Unless you know the, the 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 day after thing comes true and you know the EMPs go off, we go back to 1845. Right. It's still going to come back in in yep. six months, three months, a year later. We just it's such it's so ingrained. So is is your book? in essence, a, a way for you to get out there and to slow this decline down or to, to you know, to share these great lessons you learned from other men in the teams. Is that is that why you're doing this? Well, yeah, it is. I mean, we, we as, a, as individuals and as a society can be so much better than we are now. Oh, amen. We can. But someone's got to tell us that, and you have to listen. Um, a lot of people, kooky, you know, like, oh, you're a Navy SEAL, and you, you say all this stuff, and people look at you because you're a Navy SEAL. I clearly acknowledge that. But the <laughs> only way that I could get my lesson out to people is by doing that. Otherwise, right. this would be called Book of Man, A Gas Pumper's Guide to the Lost Art of Manhood. No right. one's going to read that. And I, I pump gas in high school. That's that's a, a honorable vocation. But no right. one's going to pick up that book and get the knowledge inside of it. No, They're just not. No, and 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 I I completely agree. I mean, people all the time. You know, I get the questions, whereas I'm sure you do. And you know, it's about hey, you know, aren't aren't seals supposed to be the quiet professionals? Aren't they supposed to do this? Aren't and I and I say absolutely, and they are. We have this beautiful community of really squared away people that that don't share with what they do. But there's a group of us out that have taken on this this mission, so to speak, to try and teach. You know these amazing life lessons that we've learned, and and man, but this one, I mean, you gotta you gotta think, Derek. This is a huge one. I mean, manliness and becoming a man and what it means to me—that's massive. That's so massive. How, where, yeah. where, where, in your mind, who are some of the greatest men you've ever known, and what did they teach you? Well, I write quite a bit about my uncle Bob in the beginning of this book. He left the small Minnesota farming town. There was eight kids in the family by that point. Excuse me, seven. He was the oldest. They wound up being ten, my uncles and aunts. And he joined the Navy at 16 during World War II. 
Wow. Just being bored, just like I did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they need to get went, some more stuff going on up in Minnesota. I think, man. Oh, oh no, they don't. No, they don't. We, that way, no. If they did, then we wouldn't get you guys in the teams and in the military. Never mind. I'd belay my last. <laughs> okay, good. So um, he went to the Pacific. The war ended. He got demobilized. He went back to Minnesota. Couldn't find a job. Nothing's going on. Didn't have any skills. I mean, you know, he was 16. He joined the Marine Corps. Had to borrow money to get from the train station to MCRD in San Diego because he was broke. And then he went to the Korean War, part of the 5th Marines, was grievously injured uh, during part of the, the Battle of the Outposts. He was on Outpost Reno, a famous mm-hmm. series of battles. Uh, was He recovered from those injuries, and then he went to Laos in 1962 before we really got steaming in Vietnam. And then he retired, went back to Wisconsin, became a police officer, and then he retired as the chief of police, the fire chief, and the village administrator of a small town wow. named Shaniqua. And that guy, there are so many lessons in there. One, sometimes you do throw your chips to the wind. You know what I mean? He was bored, mm-hmm. small town. There's a war going on. My country's calling. Even though I can't really legally get in yet, he found a way and he did it. So identifying a problem, voluntarily uh, subjecting yourself to hardship in order to try to correct a problem, which was Japanese and German aggression. Mm-hmm. That's a fantastic lesson. That's huge. Um, yeah, it's massive. Uh, bravery. Uh, bravery means a lot of stuff, right? I mean, not everybody is capable of physical bravery. They're just not. Some people are total cowards when it comes to their body. They're afraid of being well, injured. I mean, the, physically. The, the, the magnitude of fear is such a powerful influence that you know, rightfully so. I mean, we, we spend our entire lives trying to compartmentalize our fears in ways that we can, so it's tolerable. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And it's so funny, you, you see this this real projection of, of, of false bravery nowadays because of, you know, the UFC and all this other nonsense, right? And, and but when, you know, when the chip, like what you say, when, when the boots hit the ground and the rubber meets the road, man, you see some incredible things happen to people and, and how fear overwhelms them. Now, what are some of the other uh, ideas of bravery? How can a person be brave without being physically strong? Well, <clears throat> Let's look at businessmen. Uh, business guys, successful business people, they take risks that I am unwilling to, meaning they will put their house, their car, their livelihood up in order to start a business. And if the business fails, they lose that. They lose the ability to really support their family. That's a risk that I will not take. Hmm. Um, so that is, in my opinion, that's showing a form of bravery. They are willing to take this calculated risk in order to do so. A guy named Dave Bell is another person that writes a part of this book. There's about 15 guys that write different portions of this book. Very cool. He was was a Wall Street guy, making a bunch of money, trader, living that life. And then he sat down and he said, you know what, man, I, I want to be my own man. I want to have my own business. So he sat down and he did the math and he figured it out. He did not gamble. Men do not gamble. They don't. Men take mm-hmm. calculated risks, and that's what he did, and now he's very successful. Wow. Um, what, what would I have been able to start? do that? I don't know. Because he, he put his family out there, which right. is, I mean, that takes a tremendous amount of bravery. Uh, he helped me out. Uh, Matt Height, another guy, retired SEAL yeah. chief, you know yeah. He, uh, he inspired me through Buds also. He was a former Marine. Um, he writes a part of the book also about legacy, meaning if we today think about how people are going to think about us in 50 years, particularly our children, it will change our behavior. And if as a younger man, imagine, Rut, if you were 15, let's say you were a 15-year-old kid mm-hmm. or a 12-year-old kid, and you started thinking about when you had children, what would they think of you and how you behaved throughout your life and what you did and did not do throughout your life? How would that affect your behavior? Oh, it would be devastating. I mean, you deny that those thoughts if, if you're capable of them because when you're, when you're acting like a buffoon, you, you don't want that reality because it inhibits your ability to 
you know, please those desires, right? Right. So this this is why Matt was so influential to me because he always seemed to think about how his children, which he did not have at the time, neither one of us had kids, what they would think of him and his behaviors. Mm-hmm. So he carried himself and always took that extra second to go, this is not a good idea, or this is a fantastic idea. And then he would do it or not do it. Very wow. impressive. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, so what, 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 what... Go ahead. All right, now, now these guys, I mean, you're you're talking about some pretty squared away guys. I mean... Are there lessons that, you know, we learn from the not-so-squared-away people, too? Are there lessons that, you know, you, you have the one boss or the one master chief or or someone in your life that just teaches you the absolute wrong way to do it? I mean, yeah, what, my, uh, how, how do you learn Brett, from that? Well, I learned how to be a parent by saying how not to be a parent from my biological father. Wow. That, that's the, the most positive negative lesson I could possibly learn about parenthood was by seeing an absentee father. Wow. Um, but my chosen vocation, I had to be away from my children, but I was never truly away from them. I was always doing something so that they would have a better life and the world would be better. It is so important that we make the world a better place for our children. If we stop doing that, then everything stops. We will never reach perfection. You know that. We cannot. Mm-hmm. You said it earlier. Yeah. There's only been one perfect man that's ever lived. We right. cannot do that. But if we stop trying, then we're no longer human. Right. There's a couple now, other what, guys that write. Go ahead. Go No, go ahead. Please tell, tell, talk was, about I, it. I, <clears throat> there's a couple more guys that write uh, parts of this book. Um, one of them is a producer out in Hollywood named Hank Paul. Mm-hmm. He's uh, about 90 years old now, and he was one of the people <laughs> that was selected to walk into the nuclear blast when they did atmospheric testing. <laughs> so instead of that's going a, to that's a lucky day, <laughs> I know. Like you are going to walk into a nuclear blast for your country, and he did. What? Never griped about it. He was just married. He tells this wonderful story about how this all came to pass. Uh-huh. Um, but his but, thing is is service. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. uh, one of the Bandito brothers, studio owner, he writes a uh, fantastic part about him growing up and respecting his father. Um, John Voight, I don't know if you know him. He's a yes, Academy Award-winning yeah. actor. He, he writes a great part uh, of the book, and it explains something that <clears throat> one of you asked me. What can you learn from doing things that are wrong? Mm-hmm. John joined the Army Reserve back in the 60s because he did not want to go to the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. He did not. But you had to serve, so he did. Then he got out of the Army, was discharged, and became part of the anti-war movement. But not wow. just that this is a wrong movement. It, it was the FU America movement, yeah. right? Yeah. When the Vietnam War ended, they all thought it was going to be peace, love, and understanding in Southeast Asia. And like 1.5 or 1.25 million Vietnamese were slaughtered yep. by the North Vietnamese. And he said that's when he realized that he had been a fool. So mm-hmm. he has been working now. That was the negative lesson. The positive lesson from his negative behavior is that he's been working now for over 40 years to try to rectify that wrong. Oh, that's he's one awesome. Of the strongest supporters of the military you're going to find. A humble fantastic dude and his story he details that out in the back and if you can't garner life lessons from those guys in that chapter it's called campfire stories now who 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 can read the book who can read the book is it is it can a middle schooler is it is it a high schooler is it a college kid is it an adult is it a a senior citizen who who gets this book well i think it should be from about the age of 10 up wow um there's it's a PG book to be clear. There's no right. stories of gore and there's no f bombs in there and you know the stuff that would elevate it. But I just talked to a, one of the deputy sheriffs here up in uh, Butternut where we live in our farm, and uh, he has a copy of the book. But his son is reading the book to him, and his son oh, is wow. twelve. That's and I was awesome. like, oh, that, that's a perfect combination. Have the boy read the book to you, and then you can discuss it as you go through it. But it's not just for men. If you 
are you familiar with how they teach treasury agents to identify counterfeit bills? No. Well, they only show them real ones. So the people that identify uh, counterfeit money, when they are trained, they're only trained with real currency. So mm-hmm. they only know what is real, and then you will see, by default, what is wrong. And wow. <laughs> so this thing is my attempt to write what is – to put down pen to paper what is right. So young ladies reading this with their mothers or by themselves will be able to, by default, understand if they're with a schmuck, if they they can see who they should be trying to find – to uh, be with the rest of their lives. Oh my, if, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Because I tell you what, you know, I have two daughters, Derek. I know you do. Scari- one of the scariest things in my life is that somehow I'm going to come up short and and not be the right example or whatever. Because I'm not perfect, but that I don't instill in them what they deserve, right? And yep. what a great opportunity to have when they get to that right age, having to read this and say, "Listen, girls." This is who you're looking for. Yeah. I tell you what, Red, I'll give you a little advice, an older, older man to a younger man. Please. You try to be a parent by yourself, you're going to fail. <laughs> um, it does not. I completely disagree with uh, the former Secretary of State's book, It Takes a Village. I don't think it takes a village. I think it takes you and one or two other folks, particularly right. your spouse. Um, whatever type of relationship you're in, two is, is better than one. You have a sounding board. Yeah, swim buddy. You bring, you bring in yeah your swim buddy or your admiral. Um, you you bring that to that child. Uh, you're going to be successful. The the best thing that a young girl can have is a positive relationship with her father. Yeah. That teaches that young lady how she should be treated in the world. Always. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I have two of the best daughters ever. The only reason I have two of the best is because I only have two daughters. Um, <laughs> and now we've got a granddaughter. I Maddie. saw that, man. What Gosh, is that man. like, Pops? <laughs> I can't explain it. You know how people are like, oh, you're not going to – I can't tell you what it's like having children until you have children. Then you have a child, and you're like, wow, okay, I get it. And then they're like, oh, I can't tell you what it's like to have a grandchild until you have one. And you're like, whatever. And then you see, you know, Maddie – to see the progeny of your progeny oh, is man. it is a spiritual event. Oh, it, it's the, it's the biggest spiritual thing it is because it means that all these things that you're talking about, all these ideas, these concepts that you've been cultivating since you first recognized you needed a change in your life and that self-awareness, that that journey that you've been on, Derek, that this beautiful trip, this beautiful epic voyage, and all these amazing things that you've put in this book, man – they happened, and they came yeah, to fruition yeah. because your <laughs> your children heard you. And talk about well, what Matt was talking about, legacy, man. That's yeah. it. Well, that and, you know, I have uh, – I, I know you have your admiral, but uh, Sarah Jane, my wife, is remarkable. She is a, a woman uh, amongst women. She is – I am celebrated at the gates because of her. <laughs> and only and if you, her. <laughs> dude, if if you don't if you don't recognize that, you're a fool. Oh, um, I do. I'm, I feel she's the same fantastic. way. I mean, I'm so blessed. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, is man, even in all these amazing experiences, even with with the blessing of knowing men like you and the influence you played and these other amazing guys in my life from the teams and out of the teams and these other men, and my father in particular, it's been my wife who's given me the most because not only has she given me these children, which is the validation, the proof that God is real, but also has helped me understand that, you know, my relationship with Christ and God is is a derivative of, of my ability to be a man for her. And she taught yeah. me that. <laughs> I, mean, so, I mean, it's just wild, dude. I, I, I love it. Well, listen, Derek, I, I, before we... We we got to wrap up. I want. Yeah. What are you doing right now with your life? I mean, what what do you have besides writing this book? Or what's going on? Well, you know, I retired last October, and uh, I took a job in Minneapolis with a company called Sealed Mindset, 
Larry, uh, Larry awesome group. Yep. Awesome Larry's guys. A great guys. So I do some corporate work with them. Uh, right now, though, I'm just trying to slow down a little bit. Uh, nice. We have a farm. I bought it about eight years ago, so I've been up here with uh, one of my sons. We're working the land, so to speak, putting in trees and getting everything ready to go. But I, I'm trying to enjoy the family that I have been away from for so many years. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, and it's fantastic. That's that's really my goal, is to be well, able that's to a, spend that's the time That's a great goal, them. brother. Yeah. Well, where where can people... Uh, find you if people are interested in, in working with you. Uh, is it it's it's sealedmindset.com? Is that correct? Uh, no, the the better one is uh, sealedbookofman. Sealedbookofman.com. So sealedbookofman.com. There's also a sealedbookofman Facebook page. Okay. That people can plug in on. And right now, uh, if they want to get this book, they will have to go to walmart.com or their Local Walmart. It's in 4,300 stores right now. Oh man, awesome! And that so that's an exclusive. They go on Amazon. There's people that are they could get it there from people that are reselling them. But Walmart.com, Seal Book of Man. Wow. Uh, Derek, or their local Walmart stores. Derek, man, thank you not only again for your service, brother, but the influence you had on me in my life in the teams and out of the teams, and then now. Being able to connect with you again is is such a blessing. I'm so proud to know you, and I'm so proud of what you're doing with your life and and with this book and this quest, man. It just it really means the world. You came on, and I, and just thank you, brother. You, Rut, you're absolutely welcome. And you take care of yourself. I know that you're doing what's right, and I listen to your stuff and I read your posts that you put up. So the the things that you're saying to these folks that you work with are accurate. Uh, they're timely and they're meaningful. So you keep. Uh, going out there because we collectively, dude, we're we're building better Americans. And I hope so. I, I don't know what else we can do. So, God Nothing. bless you, my friend. You call anytime. <laughs> Until we talk again. <laughs> Take well. care, my brother. God bless you, you too. Thanks. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. There you have one of the most phenomenal dudes you could ever imagine in your whole life, Derek Van Orden, and and I highly recommend that you. You get out there to, to and check out his book, Book of Man, A Navy SEAL's Guide to the Lost Art of Manliness. Check it out on, on Walmart.com, uh, and you can go to any Walmart, 4,300 Walmarts across the country. Get it. I suggest you buy it for your kids, both boys and girls. You buy it for yourself. You read it, and you, you, you take on board what he's telling you to, t- to do. Now, one of the questions I asked out on the radio show on the online today was, is what does it mean to be a man? And, and so some of the comments that came out are, are one is uh, from Tommy, taking responsibility for yourself and your actions and the consequences of actions. Here's another one from my good buddy Chris. Take 100% ownership of every decision you make and the consequences that follow that decision, good or bad. Um, that was almost the same thing. And he says, oops, Tommy, sorry, did I repeat that? And he goes, Johnny, here, integrity, knowledge, strength, courage, and love. Here's from Nathan, to protect. Here's from Brian, overwhelming resilience when the face, when the face of adversity and the faith of Lord that will help. Here's from my good buddy, Jim, intrepidity. All right, I dig it. Here's from uh, another dude, hide emotions, hardworking, respectful, demands, respect, and return, protector, strong, not afraid to get dirty, integrity, honesty, not afraid of fighting, stands up for somebody, makes own decisions and opinion, honor, acceptance. Man, that's a bunch right there. I dig it, though. You guys are on track, and I really appreciate it. So uh, what I what I want to say now is just I want to thank all the people that have taught me how to be a man in my life, right? First and foremost, God. Secondly, Christ has taught me how to be the man that I want to – I dream of and I want to be. I want to thank my father. Man, what you've done, Pop, I could not be where I am without you. There is no doubt in my mind that I could not. I want to thank the Admiral for teaching me how to become a man. I want to thank my beautiful girls. I want to thank all my family, my friends. I want to thank my teammates, man, because you guys really showed me where you put me on the right path. I want to thank Derek and all those other teammates that were there for me. I want to thank everybody out there that still helps me in this this new this new unbelievable life I'm living, spreading Frog Logic. And if you want to know more about it, check us out at TeamFrogLogic.com. And I want to thank all of you because without you, I, I wouldn't still be pushing hard to become a man. So don't ever forget, I'm your new swim buddy. Let's stay motivated. Out.